You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. And why, yes, I don't sound like Michael Spinella. Uh, that is because my name is Amy Johnson, and I will be your host for the next hour, sitting in today for Michael while he is uh, out and about. Uh, happy to be here for episode two. 55 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I am extra happy to be in the studio once again with my co-host, who happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here in the studio and and sitting in for uh, Michael this week. Um, and this week, it's it's August. This is our first show of August. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, not so long before training camps are going to be opening. So we'll be talking about some <laughs> some uh, of those stories and related to the Canadians uh, today. We're also going to be talking about good people and um, yeah. your good people, the Thanks. Rocket Sports team. Yeah. They're all good people. Um, the Hockey News, who we're associated with, they're, they're good, good people. people. The Hockey Podcast Network, who uh, carry our podcast, they're, they're great people. people. Yeah, and we've got a really good person in our um, big topic uh, segment, second segment. Really good person, NHL goaltender, as we continue our deep dive into goaltending. <laughs> this is part three. We had uh, Marty Biron in part one talking about um, building a department of goaltending. In uh, last week, we had um, Sean Richardson from FC Hockey talking about the Canadians' prospects, uh, the, the the goaltending pipeline, and this this week we're going to talk about what it's like, all about uh, being a goaltender in the NHL, with um, one of our favorite people in hockey. One of our very favorite people in hockey. He's very good people. That's Mr. Charlie Lindgren, uh, NHL goaltender for the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, of course, going to be joining us in the second segment. Very excited for you all to hear that interview. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, in and around that, of course, in the first segment and third segment, we've got Habs news to talk about. We've got general hockey news to talk about. Uh, we've got some 
We've got a very interesting uh, quote of the week this uh, week that I think everyone <laughs> will just be absent. They'll be memorable. I, that will be probably the most replayed part. Sorry, Charlie, but I but it might be the most replayed part of today's podcast. You never know. Uh, but we've got lots of very fun things to uh, to go over with you today. Um, it's going to be a really fun show. However, don't forget, this is an interactive podcast, um, and you can text us anytime, 24-7, 365, at the Rocket Sports text line. You can reach us there at 585-3-ROCKET. Again, that's 585-3-ROCKET. Send in your questions, your comments, your feedback, your whatever you'd like to say. Uh, and many times we end up reading your comments uh, on the air in an upcoming episode. We're gonna we're gonna read some of our fan feedback uh, in segment three today. And so if you've got something you'd like to say, then toss us a text at five eight five three rocket. Also, be sure that you're following us on social media. You can of course follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And yes, I'm still calling it Twitter. X. Twitter. <laughs> uh, we're also on threads if uh, for those people well, that, that, that yeah, escaped X to go to threads, there we're there go. too. There you go. At Habs Connection. And of course, you can visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. All right, so let's start off with a couple of fun stories. Uh, it is August. It's it's official. It, I think it's the unofficial official vacation month for the hockey world. Uh, it's usually one of the quietest months. And Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are certainly all in on that concept. Vacationing together down in the Bahamas. Uh, lots of pictures from Nassau with uh, both uh, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki out on the golf course. Uh, my favorite uh, photos that they post are the ones where they're wearing matching outfits, and that seems to happen. Oh, dear uh, Lord. Yeah, matching hats, ma- matching shirts, matching shorts. Uh, that seems to happen often. So they're, you know, they're twins on the ice and uh, twins in the off season as well. Wow. I'm going to just not even comment on that. <laughs> All right. Um, in happy news, uh, Rem Pitlick had some, some fun news, uh, recently announcing his engagement, uh, to his girlfriend, Kayla. Yeah. Really nice. Um, this happened on a paddleboard apparently, um, in, um, at, uh, Wazata beach in, uh, it's in Minneapolis. We'll call it Minneapolis. Um, and on, uh, her Instagram, Kayla, his uh, girlfriend and now fiance. Um, where's her message here? Our paddleboard proposal wasn't caught on camera, but long story short, I said yes. Oh, so congratulations uh, to them both. And um, yeah, a, a really nice picture on Instagram. Very nice. Congratulations to Rem Pitlick and his girlfriend. Um, also, just a little bit of a tribute um, on Friday. This past Friday uh, was Rocket Richard's birthday, uh, and if he had, were still with us, he would have turned the ripe old age of one hundred and two. Wow, that's that's hard. Incredible. That's hard to imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, a, a, a fitting time to remember Rocket Richard um, and uh, all the all the great memories and and history and legacies that he uh, made and left with the Canadians organization. Uh, as far as roster news goes, 
couple of things happened this week. Alex Newhook arrived in Montreal, got to don the CH for the first time, uh, step into the dressing room and, and have some photos taken. He, he seemed to be pretty pretty excited about the whole thing. He got a tour of the Bell Centre, and um, as he was in the, the Canadian's dressing room, a tour, which um, a fan tour, which happens all the time, happened to arrive in the, the locker room. And, um, and so he went over to meet some fans and to take some pictures with him. And he said, you know, my first, your first time here, my first time <laughs> in, in, uh, the, in the locker the dressing room, room yeah. as, uh, in the home locker room as a Canadian. One of his, uh, first tasks was, uh, to select a number. And so he said, uh, well, I, you know, I was wearing number 18 in Colorado, no, sorry, that number's been no, retired. He said, how that. about number 19? No, nope. sorry. Uh, 16 available? Uh, um, no. Nope. So he, he settled on number 15, and uh, and that's going to be uh, his number for the upcoming season. And uh, But he, he just talked about all of the history um, in both the Bell Centre and, and the dressing room being a real motivator for him. Um, he also talked about how it's going to be much more convenient for his family. Uh, he's from St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, and uh, much easier to take a direct flight to Montreal rather than uh, where he was in Colorado. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, before cottage season officially kicked off, Kent Hughes took care of one last bit of uh of business, uh, finally signing the final restricted free agent that was on the books, uh, Yesse Ulanen. Now let's just let's just all take a moment and just say it with me now. Yesse <laughs> Ulanen. Mm-hmm. Yesse Ulanen. Let's see if we we're all, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Yesse Ulanen signing uh, his contract extension, a one year two way contract, um, and. Before I let Rick uh, chime in here, I will just say, if you'd like to hear my very frank opinion on what I think about this contract for Yesse Ulanen, then I invite you to check out this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast over at thepresszone.fm. Because um, I had some I had some opinions about it, and they're not necessarily... We can't air them on this show. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. That we, I, I, unfor- <laughs> fortunately for our listeners, and unfortunately for for me, uh, both of our shows are family friendly. So mm. no, there is no swearing. But um, I do have some strong opinions on why I other other aside from the fact that I'm just glad he's back for another year, um, and 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 he'll be. Playing hockey in the Canadians organization, that's probably the only thing that I like about Jesse Lennon's contract. Well, we, we've we been forecasting, we've been saying, okay, is this the week that uh, Jesse Ullinen is going to be uh, signed? And it, it was dragging on and on and on. And we, you know, we speculated uh, what could be the issue. And, and I think gen- generally we were right. Um, it, it, and again, we're guessing, however... I think it's a pretty good guess that it was all about whether this was going to be a one-way or a two-way contract, given the fact that um, the abundance of forwards uh, that the Montreal Canadiens have, um, what, for whatever reason, Kent Hughes wanted to play hardball, and um, and he won. He, he got a two-way contract uh, signed uh, 
Ulan into a, a two-way contract. The other part of this that is a bit of a surprise that it's just one year um, that you know we thought perhaps a second year uh, might have been added, and uh, and that's where that one-way contract could have entered into the scheme, but uh, didn't happen. Um, I and, and let's remind ourselves, Ulanen was a second-round pick. Uh, 35th overall in 2018. Um, he's played very well in Laval. Um, he he is an NHL-ready player. His skating is is above NHL caliber. He's got a tremendous shot. Uh, great one-timer. He was used a little bit on the power play, but we'd love to see him get uh, much more opportunity. Um, and and I, I guess we'd like to see him uh, in the lineup every night, given um, a, a, a responsible role to help build his confidence. And I think that's all he needs to um, to reach his potential. And I'll just make this this point. He's waiver eligible this year. So the two-way part of this deal makes me very afraid that once again, the Montreal Canadiens are going to end up losing a, 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 you know, an early second round overall draft pick to a waiver claim because they're not going to make room for him on the roster. Um, additionally baffled by the fact that they gave Harvey Pennard a one-way deal and Harvey Pennard is still waiver exempt. So they can send him back and forth to Laval all that till their hearts content. Um, so, and, and just uh, last point on that is that um, I don't think anybody should be surprised at all um, Harvey Pennard, um, he made the most of, of his opportunity, but he looked good in a very depleted lineup last year, uh, depleted by injury, um, and to his credit, made the most of it. Harvey Pennard doesn't have a great shot. Um, shot. Harvey Pennard is a below-average NHL skater, um, but he's feisty, he works hard, he forechecks well, he gets in the dirty areas, and that impressed uh, Coach Marty St. Louis. Um, but all of that, that, that uh, and I think has Habs fans, some Habs fans, pretty excited for what they might see from um, Raphael Harvey-Pinard this fall. But there might be a delay in him getting to the Canadians. I would not be surprised, and fans should not be surprised, if he is, um, if the Canadians make use of that, of him being waiver exempt, and he is sent to Laval to start the season. We will see how all of that works out. Uh, speaking of another prospect, uh, the Canadians' newest top prospect, David Reinbacher, selected fifth overall uh, at this uh, past summer's NHL entry draft, uh, was honored by the Swiss National League at a ceremony on Friday when he was named Youngster of the Year. <laughs> <It's>, Which <laughs> now maybe it's the translation uh, maybe, thing. Um, in English, I don't love the name of that award, but okay. <laughs> so this was the very first annual Swiss Hockey Night, um, and uh, it was a, a gala evening attended by 450 invited guests from sports and politics uh, in Switzerland. Um, and they handed out uh, their their hockey awards for the season a little late after the season happens, but um, uh, nonetheless, a uh, great uh, award for uh, David Reinbacker. He was uh, there. Were, there were two other nominees. Uh, I think they were both about twenty one years old. So being eighteen and winning this award, terrific for him. 
Um, and uh, um, this was a, a new trophy being called the Youngster of the Year. Um, there was a couple of other awards, and surprisingly, uh, there, are, uh, there were familiar names. Um, winning the Goaltender of the Year Award, um, that goes to Robert Mayer. Robert Mayer, Robert Mayer. Who's Robert Mayer? Well, he was signed as a free agent by the Montreal Canadiens and played five years, five seasons for the Hamilton Bulldogs starting in the 2009-10 season. Oh, I remember, remember that him? name now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, put up some decent numbers for the Bulldogs. Uh, five seasons, the Bulldogs weren't weren't very good at the at the start of the 2010s. Um, Robert Mayer is now 33 years old, uh, and he's been playing in the Swiss League uh, for a number of years. Um, so he won Best Goaltender of the Year, or, or Goaltender of the Year, sorry, and the um, MVP of the playoffs in the National League, in the Swiss National oh, okay. League. So um, nice, nice to see a familiar name um, and two Canadians' connections uh, in the, this award ceremony in Switzerland. You just couldn't resist on a week that I was hosting the show, squeezing in a where are they now? There you go. Could you? Yeah. I, you know, it's one of my favorite segments. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and check in on our Habs prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. Uh, the Some Habs prospects uh, and prospects top prospects from uh, NHL franchises all over the league were definitely uh, on display for the last week. Uh, as USA Hockey hosted their annual World Junior Summer Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan at USA Hockey Arena. Um, a tremendous event. Uh, Rick and I, of course, can fondly recall when we used to attend this event every summer when it was held at Lake Placid. Um, uh, it, just beautiful setting and and uh, in the Herbrooks Arena. And it just, just a, it, it's a really, really fun tournament. Uh, and it's now kind of... It's kind of settled now into a, a four-team rotation that it's U.S., uh, Team USA, Hockey Canada, and Finland and Sweden who bring basically kind of a, a larger roster of prospects who could be competing to make the final cut for the World Junior roster uh, at the end of the calendar year. Uh, and Rick, there were some there were some definite standouts uh, at, at this week's uh, event, uh, not just Canadians prospects, but some other top prospects that really stood out as well. For sure. And we, we mentioned um, mm -hmm. the, the U.S. had 45 prospects there, I believe. So they'll be, that will be, they were wanting to evaluate those prospects as they try to pare down their world junior team uh, for December. Uh, the Canadians' prospects on the USA squad were Lane Hudson, defenseman, and, and um, uh, Jacob Fowler, goaltender, um, added at uh, the most recent draft. Um, overall, um, the, the, the best players of the tournament, uh, for the U S squad had to be Lane Hudson. Um, mm -hmm. um, he was the best defenseman there. Um, his, his skills, his 
elusiveness. Um, he had a, a t- two goals uh, and and three assists, uh, and one of the goals was just shared widely on social media. Just an absolutely spectacular uh, effort. Um, but there was lots of comments on his um, defensive play um, and and his competitiveness. Uh, and his coach, the U.S. Uh, coach David Carl. Um, this was a quote for him on the way that uh, Lane Hudson defends. Uh, he said, people want to talk about his play with the puck, but his angles and his edges, the way he controls people with his stick and feet make him, I think, an excellent defender as well. Uh, teammate uh, uh, Rutger McGroarty said uh, about Lane Hudson, he's got that dog mentality. He comes to work every single day. He's super competitive. He gets real angry if if we lose. He's one of the most competitive people I've ever seen. Um, so all great news uh, about Lane Hudson. The um, the other player, the other top player uh, uh, in this tournament had to be Frank Nazar. Um, Frank Nazar led all uh, players in the tournament with eight points in just four games. Um, he was he was uh, as was described. He was described as a scoring chance machine uh, throughout <laughs> the week. Um, and w- why are we talking about Frank Nazar? Uh, there's a Canadian's connection. I can tell you that. Oh, oh boy. Uh, you remember last uh, draft when uh, there was a trade to announce and the Montreal Canadiens uh, traded Alexander Romanoff and a fourth round pick to um, the New York Islanders uh, for a first round um, pick, 13th overall. Um, they then packaged that pick, that 13th overall pick, with a third round pick and sent it to Chicago for Kirby Dock. With that first round pick, 13th overall, the Chicago Blackhawks took Frank Nazar. Um, so there's always going to be that comparison to see whether, yep. you know, that was worth it for the Canadians to give up that that uh, 13th overall pick, Frank Nazar. Um, and um, and compare him to Kirby Doc. It looks good so far mm-hmm. for uh, for the Canadians, but uh, Frank Nazar was uh, out with a hip injury last year, but he just looked terrific uh, so far, and and uh, he'll be playing at the University of Michigan, taking uh, Adam Fantilli's spot as the top center on that uh, powerful uh, Michigan team. Um, what about Jacob Fowler? Um, he had kind of a slow start. Uh, I thought his best game was on day two, and that's when um, USA USA was split into two squads. It was the USA Blue squad that was playing Finland. Um, USA won pretty handily, four to one. Jacob Fowler didn't uh, didn't face a lot of uh, uh, tough shots in this game, um, but he showed how he can. Um, he, he's got great vision. He reads the play well. We heard that from Sean Rich, Richardson last week. Uh, and his ability to to find the puck through traffic um, was uh, in evidence there. And so a good showing, uh, a, a solid showing for Jacob Fowler. We don't expect uh, Jacob Fowler to be the number one goalie for um, the U.S. Uh, team at the World Juniors. Um, that'll probably go to Trey, Trey Augustine. Augustine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's looking to be the the number two, and that'll be a great experience for him. Absolutely. Uh, there is also tournament action happening right now. Uh, the 2023 Linka Gretzky Cup going on. 
Uh, and Canada has advanced to the final. Uh, they will be playing Czechia. Nice. This is, um, uh, we remember, uh, this is in Czechia. The, the games were played in Czechia and Slovakia. The um, Holinka gretzky tournament is uh, a showcase. And, and really for, for scouts, it's their first opportunity to see uh, prospects that will be uh, available in the 2024 draft. Uh, good showing for Canada. Uh, I believe they're all, the only game they lost was uh, to Finland in the round robin, and, and they advanced uh, handily. They beat the Americans in the semifinal. Um, they were down after the first period. I think it was 2-1 to one and ended up, uh, uh, it was a blowout, uh, and advanced to check in, and next week we'll tell you how that game turned out. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple of quick signings uh, within the Montreal Canadiens organization at the AHL and ECHL level, both of which will likely, more than likely affect uh, Trois-Rivières more than anything. Uh, but Laval did sign an AHL contract for forward Nolan Yuremko. It is a one-year two-way deal. Um, you'll recognize that name. Uh, Yuremko was was signed um uh, for just a handful of games at the end of last season, he played 12 games with Laval, scoring two goals and three assists. Um, and he, prior to that, he had been in the the U Sports uh, League, playing for four years with for Mount Royal University um, out of, uh, and then that was coming out of the WHL, playing for the Tri City Americans. So um, Uremko uh, again will be a, a depth signing for for Laval. Um, most likely, will spend uh, spend time in Trois Rivières. A native of Spirit River, Alberta. Wow. Love that name, Spirit River. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lions themselves also uh, signed a standard player contract for at the ECHL level for a new defenseman, Marc Antoine Pepin. Um, and so just starting to stock up their roster at the ECHL level as well. Uh, so it's that quiet time of the season where, you know, you get these kind of dribs Filling and drabs. Yep. yep. September, we'll see a, a bigger uptick as, uh, we'll, we'll get those finalizations coming through, but just a couple of names added to the rosters for Laval and Trois-Rivières. But week. if you want to know about Canadians prospects, where do you go? THN.com slash Montreal. There you go. That one is, place, <laughs> one for place. all your Canadians news, <laughs> prospects, where, wherever, yeah. Yeah, thn.com slash Montreal. Uh, we, myself and Chris G, of course, will have our continued uh, coverage of the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects um, this coming season, but thn.com slash Montreal is where you will now be able to find that coverage. Terrific. Uh, we talked, um, I, I did say at the top of the show that the quote of the week this week is probably going to be pretty, as you said, memorable. Uh, and we actually spoke about Rem Picklet. Picklet? No. <laughs> Rem Pitlick. Easy for you to say. Yeah. And his, well, now fiance, Kayla, mm -hmm. uh, at the top of the show. But there was, <laughs> Kayla had a little more than just her wedding plans on her mind this week. Um, you know, as as is normally the case when when news hits that, you know, one something big happens in the personal lives of one of the players. You typically go and check their social media accounts to see if they've had anything to say, or their family members, or in this case, you know, a new fiance has something to say. And 
Uh, well, Rick, you were, um, I think you were a little surprised to discover when you went to Kayla's Instagram account that um, she did, uh, you said she had a beautiful picture and, and comment about her engagement to Rem, but... Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but before that... Before that, yeah. There was a very long um, health tip that, that she wanted to uh, impart to her followers on Instagram as well. And in case you missed it... I'm parked outside FedEx. I have a package to drop off. You probably can't guess what it is. You probably don't want to know what it is, but I'm going to tell you anyways. It's Rem's stool, a.k.a. poop. Uh, <laughs> he is sending in a microbiome test. Mm -hmm. This is really something that he does annually. Really? Um, I've done it myself um, through a direct-to-consumer company where they send you the kit to your house, and then you send it in through the mail to the lab, and you get your results back. I actually worked in a microbiome lab where we processed, I personally processed tens of thousands of samples. And I'm oh. telling you, <laughs> your poop is such an indicator of your health. I helped Rem collect the sample. Uh, I, helpful. for the longest time, even though I was working in a lab and really like desensitized to it, um, I still was hesitant to do it myself. Um, and I did it last November and I'm going to do it again. I just want to reiterate that pooping is not shameful but it just gives you kind of like the empowerment to know how to make changes, um, whether it's your diet, your lifestyle, maybe taking a probiotic, all the different things that you can do to look and feel your best uh, and perform your best if you're someone who is an athlete like REM. And it's not just about the physical performance, but the mental performance as well, because the microbiome affects your body and your mind and your mood and all the things. So that's all I got. That's all she's got. That's a minute and 20 that will be the most favorited minute and 20. Now, listen, um, this went on and on. It it took up five reels. Yeah, we, on, cut, we cut this down Yeah, this was massively. three and a half minutes of her talking about I empowerment. We're all about empowerment. Uh, that's the word she used. Um, th this was, uh, yeah, a health tip, uh, something that uh, REM does annually, uh, apparently. Uh, we learned that. Uh, something <laughs> she worked with ten th tens, tens of, of thousands, thousands of, samples. of times. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's, it's it, the the family is interesting, and we know there's there's a lot of pitlicks. Rem and Rhett, uh, the brothers, the cousin uh, Tyler, um, Rem's dad Lance was Lance Pitlick was a NHLer, um, played I think four hundred. NHL in the vicinity of 400 NHL games and and plenty more at the AHL level. Rem's mom Lisa was a competitive gymnast and and quite accomplished. She represented the U.S. internationally. Um, and and w when she was involved in uh, gymnastics, um, she got into health and wellness and homeopathic medicine and and herbal rem remedies. And um, apparently Rem was was uh, often sick as a child. So she she talked to him a lot about his health and wellness and had him focus on that. Um, and he's taken it to, to um, yeah, new levels, I guess. Um, and all joking aside, I, I give Kayla a lot of credit for sure. for going out. She's obviously uh, a very smart young lady, uh, obviously works in, in the science field uh, with all of this experience that she's had in lab work and so forth. And I give her credit for wanting to impart uh, this very personal 
information for her and Rem about a subject that, yes, usually makes most people squirm. Um, it's not something you talk about all the time. And and yes, I mean, you know, the the whole gut biology thing has been a very hot topic among uh, health and wellness people for the last five or six years and 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 longer so i give her credit for all uh, the only reason i think that we chuckle is that's the last thing i think you expected to find when you went to just go see what she had to say about getting engaged the funny thing is that there was in in her um instagram reel and it may be um, expired by now but there was five five panels about this topic where she went on and on and on and then the last panel, it said, in other news, and then there was the engagement picture, which was, I don't know, I found funny. It, anyway. So it was just the timing yeah. of it all, yeah. I think. But, yeah. um, you know, good for, we always do uh, kind of tip the hat to any pro athletes who are willing to put their name in their face to any kind of initiative to help educate people about certain health and wellness or or disease awareness and things like that. So good for Rem Pitlick that he's willing to not be shy about letting his fiance say, you know, yeah, this is something I Rem hope he does. knew about it. Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say that they, he had agreed, he'd agreed to, to let her uh, talk about it. But um, it's not one that we hear every day. That's for sure. Quote of the week. All right. Uh, some other hockey news and notes. A little bit of an update. Um, you remember, uh, unfortunately for Danny Briere, his son Carson has been in the news uh, more than once over the last number of years, not necessarily for positive reasons. Um, and uh, earlier this year had made headlines for an incident re- uh, involving uh, him and some buddies uh, at Mercyhurst who um, found a, an empty wheelchair at the top of the stairs at a local bar and thought it would be a fun slash funny prank to toss it down the stairs. All of that was caught on video. Um, the young lady who whose chair it belonged to uh, had been carried downstairs by the bar manager to use the washroom. Uh, there was damages and so on and so forth. Uh, he'd been booted from Mercyhurst's team. Uh, so according to the Erie Times News, uh, he has signed a new hockey contract, uh, but it's not going to be in North America, Rick. No, H19, human uh, A of uh, in Slovakia, Slovakia's uh, elite league. Um, but yeah, this is a, a big step down. He had a promising career, uh, played three seasons in the NCAA um, and uh, the whole timing of this can't coming out just after uh, Danny Bruyere was uh, was was named as the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers and and uh, just a, a really ugly kind of situation. And, and uh, um, now his uh, his career has been derailed somewhat. Yeah. Um, uh, good luck to him. We'll see. We'll see how long he ends up having to stay in Slovakia if it goes if his hockey career is able to to restart itself through on and off ice work. Um, but that's the latest on Carson Briere. Um, uh, maybe a spot for Alex Galchenyuk as well. Oh, that's so, uh, it's n- so unfortunate. No, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. Um, as much as it pains me to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, because, you know, if you're a new listener, then you won't know that I live in Eastern Pennsylvania and I grew up as a Flyers fan. So it's painful for me to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Uh, but Kyle Dubas uh, has been, you know, he was hired as he got let go from the Leafs, was almost within a week uh, hired as the president of hockey ops for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But in the interim, took on kind of an interim GM role while they did a general manager search. Well, uh, they found a new general manager. It's Kyle Dubas. <laughs> yeah, he said um, when he was uh, hired as president of hockey operations that uh, they would spend July um, recruiting someone and, and evaluating the uh, GM position. And he, he just determined that there's no one better out there uh, than he is uh, for the position of GM. Um, so he now holds the dual titles of president of hockey ops and general manager for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he said uh, that that they're in no real rush. He, they're going to reevaluate the GM position over the next few off seasons to ensure we optimize each each section of the department. So that doesn't sound like it's a role he's going to be giving up anytime soon. Speaking of the Flyers, I can say from my knowledge of the Flyers, Chuck Fletcher tried this and it didn't work so well. So we'll see how Kyle Dubas does uh, with the dual roles. Uh, they'll be looking to see how well their team can improve uh, under the oversight of Kyle Dubas as president of Hockey Ops and GM. Um, but... Elite Prospects this week put out a ranking and a list of which NHL teams uh, have improved and which ones haven't. So two episodes ago, that's Canadians Connection, episode 253, The, the Athletic put uh, out a list of most improved teams in the offseason. Uh, this, this is Elite Prospects. They have most and least proved, improved teams in the off season and their stats, their data. And this is, this is not one person's opinion. Uh, in both cases, uh, they run analytical data and modeling, uh, to come up with, uh, the most improved and least improved, uh, at least elite prospects, um, comes to similar conclusions of, uh, uh, of the most improved. And, uh, number one on the, on their list is Detroit Red Wings, uh, Red Wings were also high on the athletics list. Arizona Coyotes, number two. Dallas Stars, number three. Winnipeg Jets, number four. And the Montreal Canadiens as the um, team that's in the number five spot for most improved. Now, they come to the, uh, they, they, uh, their model says that the Canadiens uh, should have added, by their changes, 2.5 wins above replacement. So, is this all about adding um, Alex Newhook? Hmm. Elite Prospects says no. Uh, the same thing that the Athletics said. This all comes from deletions. And the wow. names that they mention, Jonathan Drouin, Joel Edmondson. So uh, moving those two players out uh, in different forms um, uh, is a big win for the Montreal Canadiens, according to the models of the Athletic and uh, Elite Prospects. Speaking of the Athletic, uh, they had a different ranking out this week. Ranking NHL teams by contract efficiency. Now, where elite prospects had the Habs ranked high here, I'm going to go out. I haven't read this article. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that they're not going to rank as high in this contract efficiency. Yeah, ranking. this is a, a, a different uh, different measurement. Um, again, using uh, a model uh, to to rank the, the uh, net efficiency, rank the team's 
by their contract efficiency. The, the model's called net rating um, with a number of, of inputs. Um, and why is contract efficiency so important? Well, it's because the cap is has been flat, more or less flat, uh, for uh, the last few years, and, and contract efficiency becomes much more important. Um, we talked about uh, last week, uh, the Athletic reported on the 10 worst contracts in the NHL. Fortunately, the Canadians weren't on that list. Uh, they were on the list a year ago, um, but they weren't. none of their contracts were on that list, although uh, Josh Anderson and I believe it was Brendan Gallagher's contract got on, honorable mentions. Um, in, in this calculation, um, you should know that, um, goaltending, um, is excluded. Players on ELC are excluded and players on LTIR are excluded. Um, so for the, let's, let's talk about the, the, the good, the good first. Um, number one is the Florida Panthers and that's the second season. They got an A rating, uh, for contract efficiency, um, second season that they've been number one in the league and got an A rating. Also getting an A rating was the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Colorado Avalanche in third with an A minus. Boston Bruins, number four, A minus in the New Jersey, the stingy New Jersey Devils <laughs> um, at number five. Um, the, the Canadians, uh, unfortunately, um, they are at number 26. So one of the worst... Yee. Uh, with respect to uh, contract efficiency. However, they were dead last last year. So there's been, believe it or not, a there's there's been uh, improvement. Um, and the Athletics says this, uh, this bad contract efficiency um, all relates to uh, bad cap management and poor contracts handed out by Mark Bergevin. Um, like Brendan Gallagher's? Uh, well, they list... A number of bad contracts, David Savard, Christian Dvorak, Yoel Armia, Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson, and yes, Brendan Gallagher. Um, for the Canadians, they, they, they say that, that things are moving in the right direction. They, they like uh, some of the contracts that Kent Hughes has, has uh, signed, uh, including Sean Monaghan, Kirby Dock, Alex Newhook, uh, and Cole Caulfield. In their estimation, or in the estimation of the model as they run it, uh, the worst contracts on the Canadians uh, are uh, David Savard, uh, Chris Weidman, Brendan Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Mike Hoffman, and Yoel Armia. Um, And also, the the Canadians are saddled with a bit of dead money. That's $2.6 million of, of dead cap money. Um, and 1.75 is uh, when the, the Joel, uh, Joel Edmondson trade was made with Washington, uh, the Canadians agreed to keep uh, or, or retain yeah. 50% of his contract. So there's 1.75 million of dead money there. Also, this is the last year. It's hard to believe he's still on the Canadians' books, but <laughs> but Carl Alsner, 833,000. This is the last year. Um, of of dead money for Carl Alsner. Uh, we haven't heard that name in a while. Um, so all of, all of those uh, missteps by um, Mr. Mark Bergevin have left the Canadians in in a little bit of cap trouble and contract efficiency. Um, but the positive news is they're moving up, and that Kent Hughes seems to be uh, moving that the contracts in the right direction. Thank goodness. 
finally, in this segment, just want to mention uh, a, a, a bit of sad news. Uh, Canadians fans, of course, will will be sad to hear uh, that former Montreal defenseman Bob Murdoch has passed at the age of 76. Yeah, Bob Murdoch uh, played two, uh, um, for the Canadians for three seasons. He won two Stanley Cups uh, in his uh, in his first three years in the league. That goes back to 1970-71. He won a Stanley Cup in 1972-73. Um, and, and yes, we send our condolences to his family. All right. Uh, that is going to wrap up our first segment. So we are going to take a break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, still to come, we are going to tackle our question of the week that's coming up in the third segment. Uh, so why don't you start thinking about that? We're going to ask you what NHL rule you would change if you had if you got a chance to be commissioner for the day, which NHL rule would you just carte blanche just change? We want to hear that. Be sure to drop us a message and a comment or a text about that. We're going to we're going to get to uh, some of your answers and so forth. Um, you can leave those comments, of course, on Twitter or on our fan page on Facebook or text us at 585-3-ROCKET. But coming up next is what you don't want to miss for sure. That is our big topic segment. And none other than NHL goaltender Charlie Lindgren is going to be here in the studio with Rick and myself. Uh, and we are about to have a tremendously fun conversation with Charlie. You don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Once again, I'm Amy Johnson, your host for today's show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, actually, at Flyers Rule. Feel free to follow me there. Uh, and of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at Rocket Sports on Twitter. Uh, we highly recommend that you do that because not only is that where you can find Rick on Twitter, but that is also the home base for all of our 
articles and podcasts that come out uh, that appear on THN.com slash Montreal, the Hockey News Montreal's team site. So be sure you're following at Rocket Sports. And of course, you can follow at Habs Connection, this podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And uh, if you haven't done so already, just give you a quick reminder to be sure to subscribe to this podcast on uh, your favorite podcast app or right there in the player where you're currently listening to this episode. All right. Uh, very excited. Charlie Lindgren, uh, goaltender for the Washington Capitals, uh, has is, is back. It's his annual off-season visit uh, with, with Rick and I here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, as Rick mentioned at the top of the show, this kind of encapsulates part three of our focus on goaltenders. Um, and we're very happy to have Charlie back on the show with us again today. You know, we we covered Charlie ever since he went pro when he was signed out of St. Cloud State way back when uh, with the Canadians. Um, and it's it's just a joy for us to get to catch up with him uh, now that he's no longer with the Canadians organization. We still like to catch up with him every summer. And so we chatted with Charlie about a number of things. Uh, he had a very strong season uh, for himself in the NHL including earning recognition as the top goaltender in the NHL for the month of December uh, this past season. Also made one of the saves of the year oh, in the entire league against the Boston <laughs> Bruins. We're going to talk to him about that. Um, and also going to talk to him about what's what he's looking forward to this new season coming up. And uh, with that is going to come the opportunity to reunite with some very familiar faces and names from the Canadians organizations like Joel Edmondson, like Max, Max Pacioretty, and behind the bench, Kirk Muller is going to be in Washington as well. Uh, so we're going to talk to Charlie about all of that. And we're also, as we always do, we're going to have some fun with Mr. Lindgren as well. We're going to play a kind of a fast round of five questions. Uh, he's going to talk to us a bit about, uh, he's going to let us know who was his closest friend on the Canadians roster uh, when he played for the Canadians. You might be surprised at his answer. And we mentioned uh, right before the break that our question for all of you this week is, you know, if you were NHL commissioner and could change one rule, what would it be? Well, Charlie's going to give us his his opinion on that as well. Just so much to cover. Uh, this is just it's one of my one of my favorite guests for us to talk to. And this is a tremendous interview coming up. I know that I always say uh, every time we're about to introduce our our guest of the week here on the podcast, I always say that it's my absolute pleasure, and I genuinely say that, but it's got a little more meaning behind it on the weeks of the year that I get to say that this week I am so pleased to welcome and happy to welcome back to the show none other than Charlie Lindgren, uh, goaltender for the Washington Capitals uh, and Quite definitely, not even quite possibly, but quite definitely our most frequent return guest here on mm -hmm. the Canadians podcast. And we are always happy to have him back. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm honored to be back on with you guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, we <laughs> thanks for the intro. It's hey, you know, it's uh, we have we've been we've been so happy to follow your career uh, for for so long now, and and so happy to always get to talk to you. And I know our listeners enjoy getting to catch up with you as well. Um, it's it's August. It's kind of like the time of year we always do catch up with you. How's your summer been so far? It's been great. It's been long, which is kind of unfortunate with not making the playoffs. You know, we were done mid-April, so been uh over three months of summer here so we've you know it's been busy like we've been um the wife and i we we spent 
two weeks up in Italy or out in Italy, wow. uh, which was amazing. And we really enjoyed that experience. And yeah, we've just been, we've been busy, but it's been, it's been a really good busy. So, you know, Minnesota summers, it's, they're hard to beat. It's been fun. <laughs> So you're training in Minneapolis in in Minnesota uh, this summer. What are you working on? Who are you training with? How's your, how's your uh, training going this summer? Yeah, so I'm still I'm, I'm still training at the same gym that I've been training at now for probably the last ten years, I suppose. Uh, gym, it's Velocity Sports, and then um, uh, skate and goalie coach is Dave Rigalski, who uh, I've worked with him for probably 12 years now so when I say numbers like that it makes me feel like I'm kind of getting old but um but no the skates have been going great just really starting to ramp up now now I'm skating like three four times a week um so that's kind of a gradual progression throughout the summer where you know usually I'll I'll start skating sometime late June early July and just kind of skate once or twice a week and now you know now it's August which is hard to believe but now I'm start yeah now i'm starting to skate three or four times a week and really starting to ramp up my uh my on ice so aside from uh traveling have you been uh doing any you you you're an outdoors kind of guy i imagine so golf fishing camping what's on what's on charlie lindgren's summer reading list you know all that kind of fun stuff <laughs> yeah so there uh i i've had a couple golf trips one was uh up in northern minnesota in Brainerd, I guess North Central Minnesota. Uh, so that was really fun. That was a weekend with all my my hometown buddies. And then the weekend after that was up in Lutzen, Minnesota, which is on the North Shore, Lake Superior. Uh, and so that was really fun. That was with my brothers and my dad and then his high school buddies. So it's pretty cool. They got a really good friend group. They still get together. Um, and then. Uh, fishing i just i haven't i haven't fished as much as i've wanted to i've gotten out a couple times went musky fishing a couple weeks ago with one of my really good friends nice. and his dad and then um i didn't get anything musky they're tough to, if anyone knows about musky fishing it's you know they're the fish of every ten thousand cast so you really <laughs> got to work to get them and then uh this last weekend here i was up at the the cabin in northern wisconsin with my my 84 year old grandfather oh. so oh, nice yeah me and him spent uh, some quality time on the boat uh, fishing uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So that was really enjoyable, getting to spend time with them. It's always a pleasure and a treat. And then I just actually finished a 860-page novel, wow. um, which is which is the biggest book I've ever read. Uh, and I, I've probably been working at it now for, I've had it for probably three, four months and just kind of chipping away at it. But it was, it's called The Lonesome Dove. Uh, it's an old I think it came out in like the mid 90s early 90s maybe uh and it's essentially an old cowboy uh yeah. novel where yeah it's a uh, uh cattle uh cattle group down in Texas are are turned a bunch of cattle up to Montana and it's just it's a really cool story um filled with a lot of different emotion so Really good book. Just finished that yesterday, actually. So I feel uh, feel very accomplished when you finish a book of that magnitude. Definitely. Great book. Um, in fact, yep. if you haven't seen it, uh, they then turned that into a miniseries with um, Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones. 
I'm an hour in, so now excellent. I, I yes, yeah, I'm, I'm an hour in, so okay. I got to keep on. Now that's my next. Uh, that's my next project is watch watch the Lonesome Dove on on TV. Good. Yep. So a well earned, um, relaxing summer as well as well as training after your first uh, full season as an NHL goaltender. Your fir- first season. Uh, with the Washington Capitals, your first season of a three-year deal that, that you signed with them. Um, how, how did, what was that like? What was what was life like as an NHL goaltender? And what was it like being uh, a member of the Capitals organization? Yeah, well, first off, just from a, you know, like a living perspective, uh, my wife and I, we really, really enjoyed living in the D.C. area. Um, just really good people, nothing to complain about regarding winter weather. (laughs) That was really nice. Very mild. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, and then just the organization itself and the, the locker room, the guys just really, really good group. Um, a lot of good humans, uh, just, a. it's actually a really tight knit locker room. Um, you know, the, the problem we had last year was, injuries we just mm-hmm. we couldn't shake the injury bug and we you know that that was really tough on us but uh yeah we didn't you know we probably didn't play as uh, we wanted to probably play more consistent hockey i think we had our our spurts last year but it just wasn't consistent enough and i, I do think you know injuries are partly to blame for that but uh, you know i think everyone at this point is is healthy and uh you know, really looking forward to next year, just because I think with the expectations we had last year and the roster, you know, you look at that roster and it was, you know, there'd be times I'd look at the lineup and I'd be like, gosh, this team is just loaded. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, we just uh, missing the playoffs was really frustrating and tough. And so I think, uh, you know, everyone probably had a chip on their shoulder, including me going into the summer, you know, wanting to get back to work and make sure that we don't have that same feeling for next year. So you mentioned injuries. One of those injuries, unfortunately, was to Darcy Kemper um, but uh, in December, and that kind of opened the door for you to get uh, a bunch of starts in a row. Um, in Dece- you were Mr. December. You've been Mr. December the last two, two Decembers, uh, both in St. Louis and Washington. Um, you were uh, the NHL first star of the week a couple of times. Um, I'm looking at... Um, stats for goaltender you were the best goaltender in the national hockey league in december um 2022 you had nine wins both you and uh jake ettinger had nine wins um but you did it in in fewer starts and you had a bit better save percentage and goals against which is which is wild that both you and jake both from lakeville minnesota um are are setting the (laughs) nhl on fire that's right um but what I mean, what was that like? Because there you are with a new team. You're, you're, you're wanting to prove yourself to your teammates, to your, to the coaching staff, and you just rip it up in December. Yeah. Well, you know, I look back on that, that time and, um, you know, I was kind of coming off a couple, I had a start in New Jersey, uh, where I let in, I think five goal, Jack Hughes had a hat trick and then, uh, my next game, I think, was uh, I did a mop-up job in Calgary when Darcy got hurt. Um, and I let in a couple goals. Um, and so Darcy goes down. And first off, Darcy Kemper, 
unbelievable human being, really, really good goalie partner. Um, so we formed a really good bond last year. Oh, that's um, good. So when he went down, though, that was that was tough. Um, you know, I think everyone was kind of bummed out. Uh, our next opponent was Edmonton. They were waiting for us in Edmonton. And so, you know, obviously I knew I had to, uh, uh, you know, pick up the slack once Darcy went down. I had to step up. We were in a position in the standings where, you know, if we had a tough couple of weeks, you know, we'd have pretty much no shot at making the playoffs. And so um, it really left, left me no choice. And, and like you were saying, I, I wanted to prove myself to my teammates, to the coaches, to our organization that, you know, I can certainly play at this level and play at a high level. And so that first game in Edmonton, we, we had a, we played a really good game as a team and we came up with a big win. And then I think we just, we, we kind of got some momentum going and that whole month. I mean, I, I benefited from a team in front of me that played their best hockey all year. Um, you know, we just really clicked as a team and we just, everyone kind of stepped up and, uh, it was just a really, really fun month because we just we played awesome hockey every night. I felt like we were the best team on the ice and we deserved to win. Even the the one loss I think we had was against Dallas, uh, against Jake Ottinger, and uh, you know he stood on his head that game. We played a really good game and we ended up losing two to one, but um, just a ton of fun. You know when hockey's going like that, when you got all <laughs> the momentum going your way and you're just the puck is like a beach ball. You're in the right spot. Pucks are just hitting you. I mean, it's just, there's no better feeling than that. And I think I benefited too from, you know, being able to play multiple games in a row. I find that when I'm playing consistently, uh, when I'm getting in there uh, every other night or, you know, once every three nights, you know, that's where you can really kind of get into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, and I definitely found myself in that rhythm uh, during that month. And so, uh yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really fun, and like you had mentioned, it's just back to back December's where I don't know. It's just <laughs> uh, things have just been going right. So um, now, you know, hopefully we can get that feeling more than just December when we we get it uh, for six seven months in a row or something. Now, so, Can yeah. Canadians fans who are listening will remember that um, that month ended. Uh, on New Year's Eve with the Canadians playing the Capitals. That was your, you won that game. That was your ninth win uh, of the month and a miserable 9-2 drubbing uh, by the Capitals over the Canadians. A little, maybe a little bit poetic. <laughs> <laughs> that one, yeah, that one also, you know, that win, when I when I was with St. Louis and I got that win against Montreal, I mean, that's where I feel like, you know, because I did have some, you know, maybe some anger, some strong emotion directed their way. Uh, and I felt like when I got that win with St. Louis, a lot of that did go away. And, you know, now when I played them this last year, obviously I still wanted to beat them. And I, I have a lot of old buddies on that team still. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that I certainly, I, I do respect them. And, uh, but being able to beat them in, in a fashion like that certainly, uh, certainly felt pretty good. <laughs> So um, one more um, game from from last season that I just want to focus on, and uh, that would come uh, a few months later, and uh, you facing the Boston Bruins, the the best team, the best regular season team ever, 
um, by by statistics, and it pains me to say, it really pains <laughs> me to say that. Um, but during that game, I'm going to play a clip here. This happened. A couple of assists tonight. Bertuzzi snaking his way into the Washington territory. McAvoy right to the cage. Bang, bang. Lindgren shuffled over. Made the stop. Bertuzzi there. Beat it. Look at Charlie. Oh, my God, without his glove. <laughs> Did Charlie Lindgren just make a save without his glove? I'm not sure. He I think he like made it. a stop barehanded. Barehanded, uh, says Joe Beninetti. That's the Capitals broadcaster, yeah. uh, Joe Beninetti, and, yeah. and uh, former Canadians uh, uh, player, Craig Lachlan there. Um Incre- absolutely incredible phenomenal, um, phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it was a clip that was replayed uh, around the league over and over and over again um w- tell us wh- what happened um on that play <laughs> well it was all kind of a blur um you know and that pasternak one-timer i caught that up high and hit me in the hit me in the helmet and that actually uh, I, I sustained a concussion, so I left later that game, and um, that was the reason for it. I was kind of dazed, um, so I made that that barehanded save, which thankfully didn't hit my actual hand. <laughs> thankfully, uh, I, I didn't make that. I made that concussed. But, wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was quite the quite the sequence, and certainly one that uh, I'll never forget. Uh, just one of those moments where. You know, that whole game, I felt really just locked in. Obviously, uh, when the game, like, you, you understand, you could see why Boston was so good because, gosh, they just played. I mean, they're constantly just down your throat and just so much speed, so much skill, you know, uh, so balanced, such a balanced attack. And so that was one of those games where I knew going in, playing in Boston, I was going to have to play well to give the team a chance to win. I really felt like I, I did have a, a really good game. And unfortunately, I had to come out. Um, but, yeah, that was a sequence sequence I'll never forget. I, you know, I didn't realize how big it would become. But um, after the game, my, my phone was, was blowing up with a bunch of text messages. So, you know, and just uh, Joe's call on that, too, was yeah, hilarious. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, he's, he's gold. Um, he's, he's so good at calling, calling games, yeah. but, um, yeah, that was, that was one for the books and certainly one I'll, I'll never forget. Well, I encourage our listeners to go back and, and take a look. You, your glove got dislodged. You lost your, your trapper and, uh, incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, so then in, in, after the stoppage, um, you, you tipped your mask up and, and went to the water, but the, um, referee came over to you, um, and, and said something um, and kind of had his, his hand on your shoulder. Do you remember at all what he said? Uh, that's a good question. I I think he probably was asking me if I was all right or something yeah. like that. Because yeah. I yeah, think okay. he could maybe tell I was a little bit dazed. Um, and it was one of those things where, I, you know, it was a, it's a Pasternak one-timer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes you, you might just get stunned. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was one of those things I could maybe shake off a little bit. But I could tell when I was in the net the next few minutes um, that I just wasn't feeling 100%. Um, and then I ended up making a, a pretty nice, I think it was a two-on-one save, and I ended up, my back ended up spasming on me. Um, and so, oh. And no. so, you know, I knew that was going to go, I knew that was going to go away, but I kind of laid on the ice a little bit just to try to wait until the spasm was gone. And then my trainer came out and I just said, hey, my, my back's going to be fine, but I just don't feel right. 
uh, in my head. And so he did the right thing. He pulled me off and went and got tested. And so, and that was game 81 of the season. So I, I was out the next game as well. Um, so and that was really my first, first concussion I've ever had. So it was a feeling where, you know, I was, it's, it was kind of foreign to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got hit in the head many times throughout my career, but that one just kind of felt different and kind of, uh, sat with me for, for a few days. But after, after a couple of weeks or whatever it was, 10 days to two weeks or whatever, um, you know, all good and back to normal. We're going to have to have a conversation with pasta about that for, for future. <laughs> for future. He can shoot the puck. He can shoot the puck. That's for sure. So um, looking ahead to this coming season now, what's really on Charlie Lindgren's objective list for this coming season? What are you looking to build on? What are your personal goals for this season? What's, what's, what's that behind what currently this year, you know, what's your quote unquote locker room material for you to keep, to keep improving and keep moving forward? Yeah, I think for me, I just, I want to take another step. And so, Last year for me, like you guys had mentioned, it was my first full year up in the NHL uh, for a long time, for seven years, I think it was. It was up and down, up and down. And finally last year, I kind of solidified myself. And uh, so, you know, even I had a conversation with our, our new new coach, uh, Spencer Carberry, and I, I told him, you know, last year to me, it felt like I kind of, I finally got my foot in the door. And this next year, you know, I really want to knock that door down and I, I really mm-hmm. want to go in and just take another step. And, um, again, I feel like I, I have to, I'm still, you know, I, I still have to prove myself. I got that mindset where every time I'm in the net, I want to prove myself to, uh, myself, my teammates, organization, everyone that, um, you know, I can be a, a guy back there that stabilizes the net and, uh, gives the team a chance to win every single night and just, you know, play consistent hockey, uh, have fun with it, win a lot of games. Um, and so, you know, it's funny. I don't make a lot of like actual goals anymore. The last time I did that was, uh, that my, our first year, I think in Laval, um, it's a funny little story. So, uh, you know, we had a really, really good team on paper that year in Laval, mm-hmm. um, and Montreal got clobbered with injuries. So, so we lost a lot of guys early on that season. And so I remember telling Marco Marciano, the goalie coach in Laval, I was like, yeah, I want to win 30 games. Like that was kind of my goal. Cause you know, I thought we had a team that could really do it. We really were stacked. Um, And as you guys remember, things changed quickly that year. I think we were, I think we were like the worst team in the America league that year. So um, I'd have to even look if they had 30 wins as a team that year. (laughs) Yo, I mean, I think we'd be lucky if we got 20 wins that year. Um, so really, my, my goals now are a lot are just daily goals where it's just, you know, let's take another step. Let's keep on, you know, having the right mindset um, and just working to get better every single day. And so um, that's that's kind of the where I set my goals. And so, you know, I feel like it's it's really helped me because, you know, it's it's really every day. It's either you're getting better or you're getting worse. And so I, I choose to choose to want to get better. And I know when I'm getting better, that's when I'm going to give the team the best chance to win. Hmm. 
And that team's going to be a little bit different. You mentioned a new head coach in Spencer Carberry, a new assistant coach who you are very familiar with, and that's Kirk Muller, uh, and a couple of former Canadians, um, Joel Edmondson, who should uh, help to clear your crease uh, a little bit, and uh, a sniper in Max Pacioretty. Uh, Talk about some of those uh, changes and some familiar faces uh, that you know pretty well. Yeah, so, I mean, three out of those four guys you mentioned – I've gotten to know throughout my hockey career. Um, I'm really excited uh, to meet Spencer in in person. Um, I've heard amazing things. He was in the Washington organization a couple years ago. And from what I've heard, you know, guys really like him. He's a very personable guy. Um, And like I had mentioned earlier too, I I got a chance to talk to him on the phone and had a really good conversation with him. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, And then, you know, Kirk Muller was another guy that, you know, I got to know pretty well up in Montreal. He was there for at least a couple of years uh, that I was there and just a really good human being. Again, super personable. Um, and I think he's going to be really great for our team. He's going to mesh really well with our players. And then uh, seeing Eddie again will be awesome. <laughs> he was a guy I sat next to in, in Montreal uh, during that, the I think it was the taxi squad year. So I sat right next to him. So we we formed a good bond throughout that season. Just a really good locker room guy, really good, solid defenseman, steady. So he's going to be, I think he's going to be big for us. And then Pacioretty, who's a guy that, you know, I remember that would have been, I think 2017 was probably the last time that I had, uh, I had played with him. And so, you know, obviously I remember his shot, how, how good his, how yeah. quick his release is, how accurate it is, just a, really really good shooter and then just a guy too that i think he's a he's going to be a really good leader in our locker room he's Mm -hmm. gonna he's gonna be a a great ad for us um and you know once he's healthy i don't know exactly if he's gonna be ready to start right away or not but once he's in that lineup he's a player that can make a big difference and so looking forward to to being back with him he was someone that when i signed out of st cloud um you know being a new new guy on the on the team he was someone that really uh, treated me right and uh, was a really good leader. And he was the captain, obviously, in Montreal yeah. at that point, too. And so uh, just really respect him for the way he treated me. And so really looking forward to, to being on a team with them again next year. That is all very, very fun. Um, to to So we we want to kind of continue the fun here a little bit. We're going we're gonna to go through – I don't. they're not rapid-fire questions, but just kind of like five questions <laughs> – Ranging on a bunch of topics about Charlie Lingren. Uh, and I'm going to yeah. start with something rather fun. What's playing in the truck on your way to the rink? What do you have on the oh, radio? Boy. Um, geez, what's playing on the radio? Well, uh, last year, I'm trying to think the music I was into. So I really like Riley Green a lot. Um, he's a country singer. Uh, I had some, I was into Taylor Swift for a little bit. Um, I like some of her, uh, newer songs. I don't know if that's embarrassing to mention or not. And then, um, I like, you know, I actually listen to a lot of podcasts too. So that's kind of my, my mix, uh, when I'm heading to a rink for, for practice. Do you, ca- and, uh, are you a Swifty? Are you, a, are you officially like a Swifty? I wouldn't say I'm a full blown Swifty, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do like, I will say I like a lot of her music and certainly she's, uh, kind of lit the world on fire this summer with that tour it sounds like it's been uh you know i think i just saw 
few days ago, she was in Seattle and she created a earthquake, uh, a registered earthquake. I don't know if you guys saw that, but um, she, she's she's obviously pretty talented. She's got some pretty good songs. So, but when I'm listening to music, I tend to lean, uh, definitely lean country. A little bit Jake Owen, something like that. Yeah, I like Jake Owen. I like the old school stuff too. I like I really like uh, like Alan Jackson and, oh, yeah. and George Strait. So oh, I, listen, yeah. I listen to those guys a lot. Yeah, classic yeah, country, so like '90s country, '80s and '90s country. Yeah, is mine. Nine, love '90s country. Yeah, love it. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so there's you're a bit of a, a unicorn. Uh, that is a, a right-handed uh, a catching uh, goaltender. Not maybe a handful in in the NHL. Um, Logan Thompson, uh, Vamelka, I think. Um, yep. Cal Peterson. Um, yep. Askarov, the the prospect in in uh, in Nashville, um, do you think you, that gives you an advantage um, for shooters who aren't maybe expecting uh, the glove to be on that hand? Well, I'll tell you, I think it definitely does, uh, and I say that because I've had players tell me that, um, and so it just gives the players a completely different look, <clears throat> and so I think they're. You know, they're used to sh- shooting, let's say, high or uh, just above the pad blocker side. I mean, you know, that's a lot of guys' favorite shot. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's my glove. And so I think it just uh, – I've heard so many different guys throughout the years, you know, tell me that, that it's it's so weird, it's so different, and it, I think it messes with their head a little bit. So, <laughs> um, you know, and obviously teams are getting really good at doing the scouting report and all that stuff, but, you know, guys – sometimes they get uh they make the same shot on the same goalie all the time and so um a lot of goalies catch the same way and they're used to shooting one side or the other and so just giving them a different giving them a different look i think really uh you know it's it's to my benefit you talked about how um you know you've got great experience with kirk muller you had a lot of respect for matt max patcheretti being one of the first guys to reach out to you when you signed out of saint cloud who who was probably the player or maybe there was more than one, but but who's the player that you probably were closest with when you were with uh, the Canadians and 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 maybe even keep in touch with now? Uh, I, I'd say my best player or my my best friend that I formed a friendship with up in uh, Montreal was Brett Kulak, um, and he's nice. he's someone I still keep in touch a, a good amount. Um, just one of the most genuine, down to earth. Uh, human beings hmm. I've ever played hmm. with. Um, just a really good family man. Just a, a really, yeah, he's just love his heart. Um, and so he's, I've, I've stayed in close contact with him and he's, he's had a, a heck of a career here the last, especially the last couple of years. I think he's really uh, benefited from playing a lot of, uh, getting a lot of ice time up in Edmonton. And mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. nice for him too, because it's only a couple hours from where he, uh, where he grew up. And I know he's loving that. So, uh, really happy for him, but he's definitely probably the uh, he's probably my my best buddy that uh, I had up in Montreal. Um, people who have listened to this broadcast know that um, I hate the trapezoid rule. I would get rid of the trapezoid <laughs> if if it was up to me. Uh, which NHL rule, and and it doesn't necessarily have to relate to goaltending. Which NHL rule would you change if you had the power? Uh, I mean, as a goalie, you'd have to say the trapezoid. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> get on board. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I just remember, I remember the old days when the, you know, the goalies, you know, thinking about like Martin Brodeur or Marty Turco, you know, they were really good at playing the puck uh, and they were in the corners, they were all over the place. And so I think restrict, you know, I, I understand it to some extent, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those roles that I'd be fine if they, uh, if they forgot about that one and, and got, got, got rid of it. Um, just because it is, you know, and I don't think I'm the best puck handler by any means, but, uh, if there's a puck I can get to, I want to get to it and try to help out my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's for sure. Probably my, my least favorite rule. I, I never, I don't like that one. And I didn't like the old two line pass rule either. Yeah. So, uh, maybe like the two line pass, this the trapezoid will eventually uh, leave leave our game. <laughs> Let's get some momentum going on that. Um, yeah. What's your what's your favorite rink to to play in, uh, or maybe uh, um, city to visit? Uh, and what's the toughest NHL rink? Um, whether it's the crowd or or the wonky boards or or whatever it is, um, your favorite rink and the toughest rink. My favorite rink, so I would say I, I really enjoy being in Nashville. Um, I love the experience away from the rink, mm-hmm. uh, just because again I'm a, a I love country music, and I think you know obviously Nashville is country music. So I love uh, love being in Nashville, and I love I, I think the atmosphere at the rink is is really amazing. Um, so that's probably my favorite rink, um, and then the toughest rink. Uh, that's a good question. I think, you know, maybe, maybe like Toronto and, and I mean that in a good way. I actually like playing in tough rinks because I like when, uh, when the crowd's into it, I feel like yeah. that's when I, I really feed off that. And so I've had the benefit, you know, I've been lucky or I've got to play a few games in Toronto and it's tough. Well, they have a really good team as well, but, um, <laughs> it's just a fun, fun place to play. And it's, it's, it's another rink where you, you got to play well or else the, the crowd's going to be all over you. <laughs> so and just like Montreal, I mean, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't had the chance of playing in Montreal yet as a away goalie. Um, but again, it's similar to Toronto. I feel like where, you know, those Montreal fans are so passionate. Uh, they know the game of hockey. And so if you don't play well, the, the Hab fans, they're going to be, they're going to ride you pretty good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, any team where it's they have a fun atmosphere, a good atmosphere, and they're they love their team, they're tough rinks to play in. But that's uh, I think that brings out the the best in me. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up the five the five questions here with something on the more sentimental side. What's what's probably in your hockey career? What's been your fondest memory? Um, you know, it could be before you went pro it could be after you went pro but but just what sticks out to you is probably your your fondest memory so far in your hockey career oh i've been so fortunate i've you know i've had so many great moments and that's what keeps me coming back I just love uh winning those big games and i think what stands out the most um i go back to actually high school hockey and winning the section championship with uh the my team at Lakeville North and Mm -hmm. I I think what makes that so special is it's just it's the buddies you grew up playing with and we I had a really really 
close class where we still hang out all the time together. We pushed each other because we were all so competitive. And so when we beat uh, our crosstown rival, Lake South, not once, but two years in a row as underdogs, um, that's, that, that's probably my, my fondest hockey memory. Um, unfortunately, I haven't won a, a big championship yet. Uh, I got, I got time and I plan on doing it. Um, so that would, that would take the cake. Cause I think winning the championship, it's, uh, obviously you gotta be the best team in the league and there's, there's a lot of teams, but, um, but yeah, I think winning, uh, the section championship in Lakeville North as underdogs against our crosstown rivals. Uh, I think that those are my fondest hockey memories. And I guess on t- I got to throw also the, my first NHL game, um, you know, yeah. I was just coming off a, a really, really heartbreaking loss in college where we had, you know, I think at the time we were ranked number two in the country. Uh, and those NCAA tournaments are so tough because mm-hmm. you lose one game and your season's done. And so we got uh, we got upset at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul to the uh, to a team that's I can't even say their name because it still bugs me that much. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, then I had to. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to to sign with Montreal a few days later, um, and and get my first NHL game a couple weeks later after that. Where uh, that feeling of winning my first NHL game, it was you know being being on the NHL ice for the first time, all the hard work, um, the resiliency, perseverance, um, all the ups and downs, the naysayers, the doubters, being able to put them aside and and stepping on the ice and winning that first NHL game um, with my family and friends watching. That's, you know, that's, that's also tough to beat. So I'd say those two are my, my favorite hockey memories. And that was against the Hurricanes. I, and I think it was in yep. Carolina, uh, but you yep. were, you were yep. phenomenal was, in that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It was, you know, and they scored on their first shot. And so, you know, that's not necessarily the way you want to start a game. But, um, <laughs> but you'd only you know, give up one more, one more the entire yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Gave up one more. And so, um, <clears throat> and I maybe have told this story on your, on the podcast before, but, you know, Cam Ward was a, uh, a goalie that I really looked up to and I really uh, admired the way he played. Uh, and so he was a goalie that I got to face off against too. And so uh, that was, that was really enjoyable. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, now I'm 29 and it's, it's fun looking back on some of those times because, and now I'm going into my, I think this is going to be my eighth full year pro, which is just, it's really insane when you think about it. It's just really flown by and it makes you really cherish those moments. Um, and, you know, really cherish every day. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate to do what we do. Well, you're coming into your own and, and, uh, we couldn't be uh, more happy for you. And, and, uh, We've loved following your career and, and look forward to all of your successes um, as they come up over the next few years. I always appreciate your guys' support. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and, and hey, none of us are any older than we were when, <laughs> when you first got signed by the Canadians. The, th- the three of I us know. haven't aged a single day at all. We haven't at all. We haven't at all. It doesn't feel like it, at least. Yeah. That is true. Well, Charlie Lindgren, yeah. thank you so much. We always appreciate that you take some time out of your busy summer schedule to to chat with us and catch up with us. And you can guarantee that we'll be following all of your uh, adventures with the Capitals this coming season. And we wish you so much success this year. 
you guys are the best. Thank you. Well, that was a terrific interview, and and we we always appreciate having uh, Charlie Lindgren on the show on the Canadians Connection. It usually happens in in August. Why Charlie Lindgren? Why Charlie Lindgren instead of uh, one of the Canadians goaltenders? Well, um, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's tradition. Uh, <laughs> yes, <he's>, it is. <laughs> this has become an annual event uh, for the past three four years. Um, he's he's uh, just a captivating person to talk to. He has. Uh, experienced hockey at all different levels and and has a really good perspective uh, on things. Uh, as you said, he had a terrific season uh, with the Washington Capitals um, and and a number of of uh, periods of recondi- recognition during the year. Um, the, there is the the connection, the Canadians connection there. So we like to um, have him on. But lastly, and and maybe most importantly, is yes. This show is to to primarily to to focus on the Montreal Canadiens, but you know, if you've been listening for any time, you know that we also like to feature compelling stories from good people in hockey. That's right. Um, and and Charlie Lindgren, if you've ever met him, uh, is one of the best people uh, we've ever met in hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always, uh, we were always glad to talk to him, and he always has uh, time for us and 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 great stories. Absolutely. So thanks again to Charlie Langer, and we wish him the best of luck in the upcoming season. Can't wait to see what kind of uh, highlight reel calls Joe Beninati's going to have uh, <laughs> with Lingren in the crease this year. Um, all right. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, up next, we've got your question of the week coming. Uh, we're going to get you caught up on some things that you might have missed. We've uh, uh, got another great actual interview coming up. Um, with uh, with a very special guest. So you get not one, but two interviews uh, on today's episode. So you don't want to miss any of that. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from our sponsors, the good fine folks over at Raycon Audio. They are back with a special incentive for Canadians Connections listener uh, listeners this month. So stay with us. Check that out. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. It's summertime, and it means that, of course, it's music listening time. Whether you are chilling at the beach or at the lake or at the cottage, even in your backyard, out for a walk or a jog, or driving and cruising with the windows down or the top down if you're lucky enough to have a convertible, it is summer music season. What have you got uh, playing on your favorite summer playlist right now? I've been listening to a lot of classic rock, a lot of 70s and 80s, you know, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about that vacation state of mind. And so whether you want to listen to those favorite tunes on repeat or you just need to retreat inside your own head for a little bit, uh, it's so much fun to create your own summer soundtrack. And I like to do that by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's just so much going on all summer. And sometimes you need some upbeat music to just pump you up before you uh, go out and and hit the beach with some friends or head over to a family barbecue. Or maybe you want to relax a little bit with some calmer music, guided meditation. You know, no matter what it is, if you're taking your earbuds on the go with you, maybe to the gym like I said, out for a jog or a walk, or maybe you're just relaxing at home and you want some great tunes. I love to listen to music while I'm in the kitchen working, uh, whether I'm cleaning or whether I'm cooking. 
baking, that kind of thing. So let me tell you, having your Raycon wireless earbuds is a great way to do that. Uh, they are the best way to listen to your music. You can use the earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode, uh, which allows some environmental sounds in so that you can still kind of hear what's going on around you if you want. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can really listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Uh, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. That's a big one for me. Uh, in-ear uh, earbuds and, and gel tips are, are typically difficult to fit inside my ear so that they fit and stay in my ear. Have not had an issue with my Raycons at all. And they start at just half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good, if not better. Uh, Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So you can create your own soundtrack with Raycon. And right now, Canadians Connection listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. Really, this is an incentive just for listeners of the Canadians Connection. We want you to take advantage of this offer. So again, that's buyraycon.com THPN to save 15% on Raycons buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to episode 255 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. And of course, don't forget, you can text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line. That's 585-3-ROCKET. And of course, in our third segment, we always like to let you have your say uh, but before we hear from you, let's give you what you need to know from Rocket Sports. Of course, we've mentioned it a couple of times this episode, but Rick, really uh, the place to find all of uh, fans' coverage of the Montreal Canadiens, Habs prospects, the Laval Rocket, even the Trois Rivières Lions in the ECHL. There's one place to do that from, and that's at the new Hockey News Montreal team site. That's THN.com slash Montreal. And uh, fascinating to see the Hockey News uh, tweeting this this week um, their, their photo, uh, their layout from their um, upcoming issue of all 32 team sites. Um, mm -hmm. and, and while some of the other coverage, other sports coverage is going away, the Hockey News is expanding. We've been with the Hockey News since May uh, and we are, um, the Rocket News, that is, uh, our Rocket Sports um, is responsible for the news um, and all the content you see on uh, THN.com slash Montreal. And as you said, whatever it is, um, whether it's prospect news, whether it's uh, news about the Canadians, it's all in one place um, this season. Uh, so make sure you bookmark it, THN.com slash Montreal. Also, be sure you have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, that's youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, and uh, you get a couple, of, a couple of things when you do that. Um, first of all, there are some people, uh, you're listening to this podcast right now, probably on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Spotify or Apple Music or Google Podcasts or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, 
However, you might also be someone who's listening to this podcast on YouTube, and that is because this podcast, once it comes out on Saturday afternoons, we then also post a video version of the podcast on the YouTube channel uh, for our audience on YouTube to uh, tune in and listen to the podcast that way as well. Uh, And there's also, of course, the show that I host every week called Habs Hockey Report. That is a shorter format show that comes out uh, usually every Thursday where I give you uh, some reactions and some opinions and some analysis on hot topics surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it's usually a lot of usually a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's a it's another great way to reach out to all of our fans and followers. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/AllHabs. Don't forget to tap the notification bell so that you always get notified when we post a new video. Uh, And of course, uh, be sure, as we mentioned, to subscribe to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. That would be this one, The Canadians Connection, which you can find at canadiansconnection.fm. Perhaps you missed uh, parts one and two of the goaltending series that we've done in the last couple of weeks, uh, talking to Sean Richardson at FC Hockey or talking to Marty Biron. Uh, so if you want to catch up on anything, we've got the full archive at canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, and the same goes for the press zone, which is the Laval rocket and AHL centric podcast that I host, uh, every Tuesday. You can find that at thepresszone.fm, And we want to be sure that you subscribe to both of those podcasts so that you never miss any of our great content. Um, speaking of our team and our great content that we've got going on here, uh, Rick, um, it's, it's all, you know, I've been part of the rocket sports team since I'd feel old. Weren't we just saying that with Charlie, <laughs> with Charlie, that it's been all these years and no, we're not, none of us are any older, but I've, I've been with the team since 2009. Um, and it's really tremendous team and we've got some really tremendous teammates uh and some of them have been around uh pretty much uh, as long as i have uh, that's right um and and one of those is uh our good friend brian uh, brian is the commissioner for um our rocket sports um uh, fantasy uh, sports leagues both uh fantasy hockey fantasy um uh, football which is getting together now and and listen if you're looking for um a fantasy football league to join uh, none better. We have uh, three fantasy football leagues um, on the, the, the Yahoo platform, and you'll be able to uh, connect with other uh, Canadians fans, other hockey fans, um, and be competitive um, as well. And and Brian uh, also is is a, a longtime Montreal Canadiens fan. He does a, a great job, and it's it's always good to uh, chat with Brian. Uh, about about um, other sports, about the Montreal Canadiens, and about him growing up uh, in Montreal as a Canadiens fan. Thanks, guys. And I would like to welcome Brian, our Rocket Sports contributor, to the show. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, nice to have you back in the studio. It's been a little while, and uh, it's going to be fun to get to know you a little bit. Uh, starting things it off, uh, I'm just curious, how did you join Rocket Sports and uh, what sort of stuff are you doing to contribute? Well, I, uh, I run the fantasy leagues, um, hockey and football, and it, uh, it was kind of funny how it got started. Um, I, I had been chatting with, uh, with, with Rick and uh, 
you know, for the most part, it was, it was hockey conversation. I had no idea that he was, uh, he was a pretty, um, pretty diehard devoted Minnesota Vikings fan. So, so it just, we sort of just happened to get on a, on a football thread. And, and I, I said, wow, you're more than just hockey, aren't you? And he says, oh, we're a multi-sport uh, entity. And uh, things just went from there. And it's been some 13 years now. So uh, you mentioned that you run all the fantasy leagues. Uh, how about, uh, how does that work? Well, um, the football leagues, we have, um, we have a few, few leagues and um, with the listeners as well. And they are head-to-head leagues um, in, in both the hockey and the football. And uh, you have an opponent every week and we, uh, you know, we do a little friendly smack, smack talking and, uh, and that's, and that's it. It's, it's, it's good fun. Good fun, and it's been going on a long time. I've got my son involved now. Time flies. Did you grow up a Habs fan? Uh, like, how did you pick up uh, the Montreal fandom in general? I, I did, and I have to tell people all the time. I, I live in uh, in Burlington, Ontario, and uh, you know, it's I, I tell people all the time. I'm not just being a wise guy here. Um, you know, it just wants to be difficult. I, you know, it's been some fifty years. I've been rooting for the Habs, and giving away a little bit of my age there, but. Um, yeah, I, I actually can remember um, Maurice Richard's um, series cup-winning goal in 1971 um, very vaguely. So it goes way back. It was uh, it was pretty much a way of life. Uh, I you know I couldn't root for another team. That's it's, pretty awesome. Uh, it goes pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, especially out uh, in Burlington, Ontario. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Leaf fans out there, isn't there? Oh yeah, it's glorious to be right in the uh, in the heart of uh, Leaf Nation with uh, some of the chaos that's been going down lately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, did you pick up your fandom like from one of your parents, or was this a completely original decision by you? Yeah, no, it was it was family. It might have been if if anybody, it would have been my sister. Um, and we were fortunate fortunate enough to get to quite a few games back in the day, uh, thanks to some connections that my dad had. And uh, you know, my sister would would go to some and come home, you know, have, with absolutely no voice left. And uh, so I might've gotten it a little bit from her, but you know, it was just, um, it was just, uh, you know, in the area, you, you know, everybody was a Habs fan, you know? So, except for my dad, of course, he, uh, he, he, back in the day, he said, uh, he, he said, uh, you know, it's a foregone con- conclusion that Canadians are going to win. So I just going to have to take the opposition. So. Uh, but uh, you mentioned uh, your Habs fandom going back a long time. Have you picked up any cool Habs memorabilia along the way? Uh, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I used to write to hockey players all, all through the league. Um, you know, congratulations on this goal, this stat, and your first goal, uh, and so on. Um, and I used to ask for an autographed picture. And so I've, I've got quite a few. I've got, um, I've got Guy Lafleur's. Uh, autograph picture. I've got. I've actually got a Guy Lafleur uh, Titan autograph stick, which is uh, which is a pretty good one. Wow, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, actually, kind of a cool side note here. My dad used to uh, write letters to the Montreal Canadiens when he was younger too, and uh, whenever he would, he'd ask for like, "Oh, can I have like this person's uh, hockey card or whatever?" And they were always great about go. sending it back to him, right? So they they really were many 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 were. It's uh, you know I can't think of too many that didn't. Uh, I I do have a cool uh, side note to that is one player who didn't ever write back for the longest time. It was Ken Dryden, and 
my sister was uh, was a huge fan of Ken Dryden, um, and she wrote him a letter one day and, and just just ripped into him. And one day, one one summer day, I was out playing, and I hear my dad calling, and I can still hear his voice in, in the back of my head, and uh, and I I just ignored it. I ignored it. Um, he wanted me to come home. Apparently, there was somebody on the phone for me. And uh, lo and behold, uh, it was Ken Dryden who felt like a, he felt like a really uh, a nitwit for for not um, for not following up on my letters. Oh, and uh, yeah, so I you know I spent a couple of hours saying no, you're joking, no, 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 you're just trying to make me feel bad. This is this is just to make sure that I come home next time I'm a golf. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so and then you know fast forward um, you know some forty years later. Um, that story got back to Ken Dryden fairly recently, and we chatted a couple of years ago. He, he called me, so make the circle complete. Wow, that's actually an incredible yeah. story. Uh, I guess you finally yeah. did get through to him in the end. Uh, too bad he didn't respond to you earlier, yeah. but it kind of worked out. Yeah, well, he didn't recall it, obviously, but um, but yeah, he, uh, he he said, "Wow, your 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 sister's dogged determination. He's got that deep voice that's even at my age." you know it was pretty intimidating that that voice on the other end it was hard to believe yeah that's actually an incredible story and uh interesting to hear about all your uh, memorabilia as well you must have quite the collection there that's uh pretty amazing i'm sure a lot of habs fans out there are pretty jealous of you right now <laughs> you know what uh thank you very much for lending your time and uh joining us here uh it was good to get to know right. you brian i really appreciate that thank you all right well thanks for having me Big thanks to Michael Spinella for sitting down with Brian to talk about his memories, talk about why he's been a member of Rocket Sports uh, for the past 13 years and uh, all of his passions as a sports fan. Uh, great interview. Uh, so thanks again to Michael Spinella and Brian for for that. Uh, that that Ken Dryden's I've heard his Ken Dryden <laughs> yeah. story before, um, but every time uh, he adds a little something and and uh, a terrific story. If you're a fan, um, you wanna you wanna hear Brian's story. Uh, interesting, as I said, Brian's a Canadians fan. Uh, we mentioned on the Canadians Connection a couple weeks ago that uh, Arbor Jacki and his brother uh, Florian would be uh, making a public appearance. Well, uh, Brian and his uh, and his son Jordan uh, went down and met um, uh, Arbor and and Florian Jacki last weekend. Um, and I think uh, uh, Brian's comment was, uh, "Wow, he's he's a big boy." Yeah. Yeah, talking about Arbor, <laughs> yeah. uh, but they had a they had a picture. Uh, Jordan's favorite player is Arbor Jack Eyes. So um, heard on the Canadians Connection uh, that opportunity, and and Brian and his son followed through. That's tremendous. We love to hear that. Uh, we also love to hear from all of our listeners and, of course, the Canadians Connection question of the week. We want to hear from you. Um, which NHL rule would you change if you were commissioner for a day? We heard what Charlie Lindgren would change. Rick, you mentioned what you would change. I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows yeah, what they you would change. <laughs> uh, but what would you change if you had the opportunity and you could just write a let's call it an executive order that i'm just i'm signing on on the dotted line this is the rule that's either changing or getting deleted or getting added what would it be uh be sure you text us at 5853 rocket or leave a comment 
uh, on on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Uh, we have heard from some of you regarding some of our more recent content, uh, and we've got two comments, actually, uh, one from uh, our YouTube page and one from Facebook regarding last week's Canadians Connection episode. That's episode 254. And that is the episode in which we've mentioned where uh, special guest Sean Richardson was on the show, the head goaltending scout for FC Hockey. Uh, Ricky had a couple of great comments uh, in particular from that episode. Uh, Philip from Victoria, B.C. Uh, via YouTube says, uh, this is good stuff. Thanks, Sean. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, uh, straight and simple. Yeah. Um, and he appreciated last week's uh, um, podcast about the goaltending pipeline for the Montreal Canadiens. From Facebook, uh, it's Darren in Bowmanville. And Bowmanville, uh, like Brian, talked about uh, being a Habs fan in Ontario. Uh, Bowmanville is just east of Oshawa. Um, Darren wrote, uh, an awesome guest. I was blown away by the detail in his scouting reports. You guys have amazing connections. Keep it up. Nice. Uh, um, and, and we are the Canadians connection. We've been doing this a very long time. We do know a lot of people in hockey and, uh, and Sean Richardson just had uh, a lot of detail uh, about uh, goaltending prospects that may be new to you uh, in the Canadians organization uh, and gave you kind of a forecast, what, what they're good at, what they need to work on, and a forecast. So if you missed that episode, go to uh, CanadiansConnection.fm and look for episode 254. Because, you know, it's it's August, it's a slower month, it's the perfect time to catch up on the Canadians Connection podcast. Take us with you wherever you go. If you're at the cottage, if you're at the beach, if you're on the boat fishing, if you're camping, if you're on a road trip, it's so easy to take us along with you. It gives you something great and fun and, and entertaining to listen to uh, while you're relaxing and enjoying your summer. And our next episode, of course, will be next Saturday, August 12th. Michael Spinella will be back in the hosting chair. I just kept it warm for him this week. Uh, he'll be back with us next week on the show with Rick. Um, so yeah, Rick, thanks so much for, uh, for having me on the show this week. It was definitely a ton of fun. Uh, I was very glad to be back. Always great having you here and especially for the annual Charlie Lindgren <laughs> segment. You know, I couldn't miss the annual Charlie Lindgren appearance. Uh, don't forget, of course, to be sure to follow us at Hab Connection at, excuse me, at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to text us anytime if you have a comment or a question uh, on the Rocket Sports text line at 585-3-ROCKET. And just thank you so much for always tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast. And we'll see you back here again next Saturday for another exciting episode of the show right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. Rocket Sports.